0: Greetings and salutations to you all. This is DD Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. on Twilight Tonic once again. I have one of my favorite guests. We're going to talk about mm, A Christmas Ghost and her books and some more projects coming up. And I'd like to say one thing about this lady. She is very kind and I just enjoy interviewing her. She wrote one of my favorite books that I like to read for fun. It's Haunted Inns and in Hotels of Virginia. She also has done many projects like The Handbook The Handbook for the Dad is one. She also did Paranormal Encounters, Haunted Charleston, and more, Nightmare Echoes, and just a lot of books. How are you, Susan? Doing well tonight. How are you? I'm good. So, Susan, last time we interviewed, there were a couple things we didn't get to talk about because the show is 45 minutes to an hour long, but I would like to talk about one of the Christmas ghosts in your books. And I think it's in Haunted Inns and Hotels of Virginia. Am I correct? Yes. Tell me about this ghost.
1: Um. Well, I had looked at it and it's called the Black Horse Inn. It's in Warrington, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the place is, is actually closed right now because of COVID. Um, I'm hoping that somebody comes along and gets it because it is a beautiful uh-huh. location. Simply gorgeous. Has farmland, has some... Gorgeous views across there. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a pretty place to go. But as far as your Christmas ghost, I was um, I was starting to remember the uh, there's a ghost in this place, and he's one of four. They have a tap dancing ghost, a nursing ghost. Um, but this little fella, he is they call it, they've nicknamed him Scrooge because mm-hmm. anytime they put up a Christmas tree anywhere in the in itself, he will knock it over. And um, so they have named him uh, Scrooge because he just does not like to celebrate Christmas. Oh He's gosh. a bah humbug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be so annoying. <laughs> I don't know about you. I love Christmas trees, but putting them up, the lights alone are a
1: feat for me
0: without well, me having a there, breakdown.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, we have a little Charlie Brown tree we put up, so don't feel bad. Um but the nurse, not the nurse, I'm sorry, the chef that was giving me the tour was telling me that sometimes the owner, what she'll do is she'll kind of tie them, uh, or she used to tie them to a wall or tie them to something, mm-hmm. so he couldn't knock them over. Um, I thought it was kind of neat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a ghost trap.
1: <laughs> not only do we have a ghost, I mean, think about it, if they had a cat, you know, you could, you could fight with that too, but... And I think this little guy is really having a good time knocking them over. So,
0: (laughs) man, all those glass bulbs coming down. Oh, what a mess. Because those ends have such beautiful Christmas trees.
1: Oh, and I know, you know, some of them have. I mean, I was at a couple during the Christmas season when I was researching. And I mean, some of them had two, three, four trees. So uh, you can imagine the mess that's going to make if he knocks them all over.
0: Knowing my luck, it would be all at one time. I'd walk oh, into the room. And, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, well. <laughs> so, Susan, you have other books that I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them look like so much fun, like The Handbook for the Dead.
1: Um, the Handbook for the Dead. I have one thing in that, and um, it's a story about... Uh, a private residence that I went to. It's actually in my Haunted Charlottesville and Surrounding Counties book, um, and it's under the Tribble House. And what it is, I went there, I saw this uh, posting online. It says, you know, this house is haunted, and, you know, I really would like somebody to come and check it out. Well, I had started researching for this Charlottesville book, and it goes from, like, Madison County all the way down to Goochland, and Amelia Powhatan's in there, too. And this house is located over in Amelia. And um, I contacted the guy and he goes, well, what's your, what's your purpose in doing this? And I said, well, I'm writing a book on different locations within these parameters. Mm-hmm. And he was excited to have me come and, you know, visit his house. And so I went over, you know, not expecting anything. And um, because I try to go into these uh, houses, uh, you know, with the open mind, you know, He told me a couple things that were going on, but he didn't tell me everything, of course. And got over there, and we started by going in the front door, to, or actually it was the back door, went in the back door to the house, and there was a story about this um, particular door, and apparently every night at 7 p.m., 7 to 8 p.m., it would open and slam. And they did some research, and they found out that, a guy that had lived there before, his name was Vernon, um, he used to go out and milk his cows and take care mm-hmm. of the farm and all that. He'd come back in around 7 or 8 to take his boots off. He'd leave them on the porch, but he would come in and slam that door between 7 and 8 every time he came home. So they finally figured out why that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um As soon as you get into the house, there's the kitchen's right there on the left, and they have these uh, they have these baskets hanging. And she told me one Thanksgiving they were all sitting around the table, and she had gotten up uh, the owner had gotten up to to get you know some other food or something to bring to the table, and she said she got in the kitchen and only one of them was swinging back and forth, the other one was sitting still. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what the cause, any wind or anything? She goes, no doors were open. She goes, it's Thanksgiving, it's cold outside. So no doors are open, no windows, nothing, but just one basket swinging back and forth. (laughs) That was kind of interesting. And as we moved on into Mm -hmm. the house, I kept getting pulled to this closed door where their dining room was behind the door. And I kept asking her, I said, what's behind this door? And she said, well, let's leave that for last. And I said, okay. So we went on in the living room, and they have a picture in there um, that they've taken pictures of. I believe it's uh, it was either the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence camera, which. But up in the, she showed me the picture up in the corner of the frame. You can actually see a um, an outline of a, a old Civil War soldier up in the corner of the frame. It was really weird. Hmm. So I went over and looked at the frame. He's not on that frame at all. So it was just something that appeared there when they took that picture. Interesting. Um, and then we headed into the master bedroom. This one has a little boy, uh, a little ghost boy that hangs out back there. And there's a hallway that goes between the bedrooms back there. And he likes to hide right there in the hallway, kind of peek around the corner at you. And the owner told me she had taken her robe and was going to get a bath. And so she threw the... the the robe on her bed and uh, had gone to get some other stuff she needed before she got in the tub. And she just had thrown the robe across the bed and walked out. And when she came back, the robe was neatly folded at the foot of the bed. And I was like, are you sure you didn't do it for your love? She goes, no, I threw it because I just went to go get something and mm-hmm. come back and get it. So they um, have taken pictures of uh they think it's the little boy hiding around the corner is apparently as cute as a button oh. and so we came back out of the bedroom and um kept getting pulled to that door and i said i really want to know what's behind this door and she says well let me show you so should we go in and turn the light on there's um there's a dining room table sitting there she goes we got to move this so we mm-hmm. moved the dining room table and she had a little piece of carpet there and she pulled that up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling you wrong. We moved the table. Uh, she told me that the carpet had been moved the summer before. I was getting ahead of myself. So sorry. Okay. Um, but uh, so she, she moved the table, and there's this outline on the floor. Uh, looks like it's been done. It's in blood, and it's reddish, and it's, you know, it, it's an outline of a body is what it is. And I said, uh, and she goes, is this what you were feeling? I said, yes, This is this is what's pulling me and she said um she said they did some research and they seem to think that there was it was a either a soldier back in old days or it was some gentleman that was stabbed to death right there and he bled to death there on the floor mm-hmm. and if you get the i wish i could show you the picture um but there's a picture in the book of the the the, the outline on the floor that i got that looks it looks like a head a body two arms and two legs mm-hmm. and uh That's what was pulling at me. And I was like, okay, I'm so happy to finally figure that out. So then we headed um, upstairs. And at at the top of the stairs, apparently, there's a Victorian lady ghost that Mm -hmm. does not like you to bother her. And apparently, I think she doesn't like women a lot. I think she likes the guys, but she doesn't like the men, which – I mean, she doesn't like the women, which sounds good. So we (laughs) – we, I was like, whatever it makes you happy. I don't care. Um, <laughs> like but, I'm still coming up the
0: steps. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm going to come up the steps. And so I made my way up the steps and I got to about the third step and I felt this push on my chest. And um, I kind of almost fell backwards. I caught myself on the railing and I was like, what in the world? And so I tried again. And I got pushed again and the, they said, are you having trouble getting up the stairs? And I said, yeah, we at the to start stop. I can't seem to get past it. She goes, she doesn't want you up here. That's why she's pushing you backward. And so, the, you know, I was just, I was like, please stop that. I'm not going to hurt you. I, you know, I tend mm-hmm. to start talking to them and I'm like, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to come up and take some pictures if that's okay. And the pressure lessened, but it was still there. So it was like, okay, I'll let you up here, but I really don't want to. Right. And so my cute thing here is my brother who was with me he's a hardcore skeptic and uh he was taking my pictures for the charlottesville book and he says well what's happening and i you know i told him i'm getting pushed back downstairs i said i'm just gonna just push through and just going up the stairs he says let me try and he goes over and tries he goes i don't feel nothing and i was like well you know some people some people have it you know and some people just aren't as sensitive so that's okay." And so he came up, got his pictures and went on back down. I got mine. We went on back down and she didn't do anything on the way down. It was just on the way up. It's like, don't come up here. I don't want you up here. Mm-hmm. And so we went on back downstairs after we got our pictures and um, it went out to the uh, the barn and, you know, looked around. And apparently, I think it's about maybe 100 feet from their the end of their backyard, there's like a bunch of graves out there as well um, where they used to moms and babies and other stuff. I think there was a... Uh, let me look and be sure before I tell you the wrong thing. Um, I just want to tell you the right thing here. Um, uh, yeah, full of graves of infants and mothers who died in childbirth from the 1800s. So um, apparently it was a place uh, somebody lived there, like a midwife mm-hmm. um that could help you deliver children. And so they had, they went looking through the woods there and they found a bunch of graves back there that they think are like mother and children from back uh, the 1800s where they may have passed away during childbirth or maybe afterward from, you know, bleeding and infection or what have you. So, um, and that was our tour. So we had a good
0: time. Is your brother still a skeptic?
1: You know what? I tell you, he was really, really kept us on track because we had a lot of pictures for that book, the Charlottesville book. We probably had about 20 pictures we wanted to put in there, but he took them and he said, you know, well, I can explain these. He said, this is a shadow. This is a refraction. This is a light problem. This is, you know, and the pictures that are in there, they're about seven or eight. We went through and neither one of us could explain where those figures came from. So I figured if he couldn't tell me and I couldn't figure it out, it had to be something. So, um, you know, and I think I think he has thought his whole skepticism thing, but I think he's still a little, you know, he doesn't he doesn't uh, uh, follow it as much as I do, I guess. So, yeah, sure,
0: which, I get which,
1: it. <laughs> yeah, which was good for me because this kind of book. Somebody that, you know, is a skeptic, which I am a skeptic too. I'm still looking for that corroborating piece of evidence. I've seen a lot of stuff, so I can't say I'm a diehard skeptic. But I think you really need someone to help you with that because you know you can get caught up in all this stuff and go, well, that looks like a ghost, but it's actually, you know, the shadow of a tree behind you when you took the picture. Right. So I think having somebody else look at it that doesn't have the same mind frame or set of mindset that you do, I think really helps you in the end, because you wind up with some pictures that are really what you wanted, instead of, oh, well, I can, you know, this might be this, or this might be this. So it was really good to have him on that journey to, you know, explain some of that stuff. So I think it was a definite asset anyway. So
0: yeah, I think being a healthy skeptic is so important in all of this.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to, because, I mean, there I mean, there's so many things out there that, you know, nobody can tell us till we are there ourselves. So, um, you know, it's not an exact science. And I know people and I mean, I'm like that, too. When I get those books, it's like I want to see pictures. But I tell you, I the, the the most fascinating thing I have found in doing these books is. They don't cooperate when you want them to. <laughs> um, I mean, nope. <laughs> I normally say, "Hey, I'm gonna take some pictures. If you don't want to be in them, just get out the way." And I mean, I come home with pictures that have nothing because apparently they don't want their picture taken. So it's you know, I've had a lot of reviews on um, uh, Amazon, Goodreads, wherever, and a lot of them, you know, you don't have enough ghost pictures. Well, I, you know, they don't they don't pose for me when I tell them to pose. <laughs> And if that started to happen. (laughs) Yeah, I understand the frustration because I'm like that too. I want to see some more pictures, but it's, it's a case of, you know, you just have to, I mean, I think if I could have 10 years to write this book and, you know, visit these places four or five times, you could probably get something, but um, you know, you kind of have to go with what you get on whatever day you get to visit. So it's, it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun for me. It's a, a neat hobby, but um, I get frustrated too. Cause it's like, I really want to get something, but sometimes you just don't and you have to accept that. So.
0: Right. And I think, I think you're right. I mean, if they want to be seen, they can be seen. If they don't, they mm-hmm. don't. And I think, I think it's so easy for people to think they can bully them into like showing up for something. Because no, these were people. They just don't have their suits on. They're people.
1: Well, I tell people do not make them mad. Do not make fun of them. Do not, yeah, you know, call them names. Do not, because as you said, they were people once too, and they have feelings. And I think, you know, you have to be kind of that and say, you know, hey, I'm dealing with somebody that used to live here on the earth, and you know, they need that respect as well. So yeah. I try to go in those situations with. Yeah, even when I go to graveyard, and I mean, I make a blanket statement when I walk in, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take some pictures in here. If you don't want to be in them, you just move to the side. And you know, I've gotten some pictures that have blurs in them, so I assume they just did not want to be, you know, taking pictures. Boundary that, you know, if you don't want this to happen, then here's what you can do to Um, Belay it But I think You know Some people may go in And go Well I'm going to get pictures Of this this and this And they lose that um, Respectability With the entity Because it's like Well I'm not going to do What you want me to do You didn't even ask nicely So I mean And that's the way I would look at it And I'm still human So I can only imagine What it's like for them On that side Because they can't really Communicate their thoughts we just have to listen and that's in quotes listen um and see what or if we can tell what they're trying to tell us so um i think a lot of it is just some of them saying hey i'm here pay attention to me Mm -hmm. let me know that you know i'm here i think that's a lot of it and you know I, i i that breaks my heart. Cause it's like, they're stuck here on earth. And I try to tell them, you know, go to the light, go home. But I also realize that some of them may have, you know, other issues that need to be um, resolved before they can move on. So um, it's back to what you said. You need to respect the, the person that they were when they were here. Yeah. So.
0: And they might just love their house. They just might love exactly. where they are at.
1: Well, and, you know, it brings back to mind that movie um, Beetlejuice. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I love that um, movie. You know, when when they went to um, see their caseworker and then they came back and the house was completely changed. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we're home. And it's like, what? So I think, you know, I think that's why, you know, a lot of places. Uh, Dunlore Inn was a big one in the hotel book. She was telling me as soon as they came in and started trying to uh, renovate, refurbish and all of the house, all the activities started going crazy. And I said, it's because you were changing things around and they don't like change. Right. They like what they had when they have it. And I said, you know, that's that part and parcel of that. It's because, you know, hey, I'm used to it this way. And now all of a sudden you're coming in changing everything and you know, it's it's got to be very uh, disorganized, uh, sorry, disorient disorienting, can't talk, yeah. <laughs> disorienting for, um, you know, the entity that is there. Because it's like, well, this was over here. Why is it now over, you know, so, and I would be that same way. I'm like, why did you change things around? It was fine just the way it was. Um, so um, I find that a lot, too. Yeah. Um, with renovations, it can really wake up some stuff that you really don't want woke up. So,
0: <laughs> I know we have a 1938 bungalow, and we're getting ready to start renovations in the spring. And I'm kind of worried about that.
1: Well, have you prepared them? Have you told them?
0: I have actually. We've well, they should help. We've talked it, and then I told them it's like this bathroom has to be redone because there's a leak in the bathtub area. So the floor has to be replaced. So I will like calmly say in the spring, we have to remodel the bathroom and then we have to remodel the little sunroom and then your kitchen. But I did promise them it would be very
1: tasteful. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, I think, you know, just giving them a heads up saying, Hey, this is coming. I think, you know, kind of helps prepare and cuz i mean it's got to be if i mean especially if it's somebody that's been there since the house was built used in 1938 so that's yeah. almost what 77 years ago um but i mean you know it's it's they don't it's their house they don't want you to mess with it so i, I mean i totally understand that so yeah um, I, I think yeah, we're I like think, the
0: fourth owners of the house
1: oh well, nice um, but I think, you know, letting them know ahead of time, that's probably going to cut down on little stuff because they'll be okay. They'll be prepared. It's like, okay, we knew this was coming. So, right. um, it's kind of like laying those ground rules and saying, Hey, you can do A, B, C, and D, but leave me alone otherwise. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah anything you can do to help.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, when we first moved in here and we were painting and stuff, and I've told this story other times, but, um, we have a ghost kitty. Oh, and normally, you know, I don't pay attention to that stuff when I'm like in an older home, because I always see stuff out of the corner of my eye. And we were painting and my husband goes, did you just let a cat in? I'm like, "Mm, what color is it? He goes, it's black and white. And I'm like, nope, I seen it. And I didn't say anything. He goes, well, that cat just went through the wall. (laughs) I was like. Oh, I was wondering if you were going to say that because I've seen it. And my cat plays with it all the time. You see her running back and forth like something is chasing her and she's chasing it back. Now, I know cats do that, but I, I do have that ingling that it's that cat once in a while.
1: Oh, <laughs> they have a play friend.
0: Yeah. So I named him Jeeves because he's black and white. He looks like his old tuxedo cat. So we named oh, him no. and everything. <laughs> so Aww. he has a name. <laughs> Well, that is hard. I know. I told I told my husband. I said I'd much rather have the kitty ghost than a human ghost because we've had quite a few of those in older homes that we've owned. Now, Susan, the one book I'm fascinated with is um, paranormal encounters.
1: So I have two stories in that one. Um, the first one was um, actually having in Australia. I was over there visiting a friend of mine was getting married and I was, I was like, we want to take a tour of Sydney here. And they had some ghost tours. So we went and took a tour of Sydney and this one place we went to, um, it was down in a basement and apparently people had died of tuberculosis, I believe down in there. And, um, I'm sorry, I don't have the book with me, but this is strictly from memory. But the thing was, we went down there and there was this huge fireplace and, um, I was just down there looking at it, and I didn't see anything. And I got these weird sensations, which usually means something's going on. Mm -hmm. So I pulled up my camera and started taking pictures. Well, when I was looking through my view screen on my camera, I could see orbs flying every which way out of the fireplace. But when I was taking pictures, nothing ever showed up. It was just really weird. I could see it on the frame, but I couldn't get it on the picture. And I had asked the, the host about it, and that's when he told me, you know, several people had died down there tuberculosis and some other stuff. And he said it's probably just those ghosts still roaming the area. Um, that was Australia. And then um, I think the other story was uh, a house I grew up in was um, uh, very haunted. We had um, we had uh, coming down the steps, you know, the, the footsteps yeah. down the steps. Oh, yeah. That was normal. Um, I remember one day, and I, I can still hear, it, in fact, when I think about it, um, I was in my bedroom, and I heard steps. with The door was halfway shut, so you couldn't see out in the hallway. And I heard these somebody walking. It sounded like somebody walking across the carpet toward my room. Mm-hmm. So I got up to open the door, thinking it was one of my parents, and nobody was there. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I sh- just shut the door back halfway, and I heard the steps go. Back the other way toward the kitchen. Um, that was normal after a bit because you could always hear people walking around. Um, and I know Mom had once told me that um, they had heard there was a story. I don't know if it's true or not that um, a gentleman had hung himself in the attic. So I don't know if he's still trying to get downstairs. Oh my goodness! Not, but, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's true, but that's just a rumor we heard. But um, you know, and that's what I grew up in and it's was, you know, nothing different. I mean, we were we were the family, we stayed at the graveyard till the last handful of dirt was thrown on the grave. We take pictures at funerals, really weird stuff, I know, but um I think it has led me to, you know, I'm really not afraid of the dead or anything about it because I've you know, we we've been so open with how we dealt with it. So um, it kind of helps in that regard. I mean, cemeteries, I hate to almost say this, but cemeteries are actually my favorite place because when I walk through a gate of a cemetery, Mm -hmm. the whole world is quiet. When I'm out in the world, it's, and I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but let me explain. Um, It's just so noisy in my head when I'm out in the world. But as soon as i walk through the gates of a cemetery graveyard whatever it just calms right down it's like oh it's quiet oh i love this um and i tend to hang out you know for a while I'll just walk around and do what, see what's there mm-hmm. um and i know that's probably strange to some people but i mean we used to take lunch and go eat with my grandmother who's buried up in charlottesville virginia Um, me and my mom used to take lunch and go sit on the grave and eat lunch with her. Or I remember one time, um, my birthday, daddy always brought me a cake for my birthday. And the first birthday I had without daddy here, I felt really bad. So I went, and got two little pieces of cake and I went out to the graveyard and, um, I set his piece on his gravestone and I sat there and ate, you know, mine with him. Daddy used to, uh, he loved to go with me when I'd go like on different, places to see. And I remember one time we went to um I gotta think about it. Oh, it was Cold Harbor Cemetery over in Mechanicsville. And um, you know, you could go over there and you could hear like they said you could hear cannons firing or see the soldiers marching or mm-hmm. whatever it was. And I had told Daddy about it and he said he wanted to go see it too. So I used to take him with me and um he'd always get fast when we find something in the picture we couldn't explain. So um, him and I we had a good time going to several of those places before he passed away. And um I think he still hangs around sometimes. He'll come and visit. So um there's a picture, in fact, that Daddy used to love. It's a picture of the fox and hound chase. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. There's people on horses with yeah. foxes, but you never see you never see the hound. And I, I know after Daddy died, I used to we used to go to estate sales together. He loved going to estate sales on Saturdays, and so we'd go and just see what they had. And I noticed after Daddy died, um, I said it was one, two, three. I can count at least four estate sales I went to within about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they all had a picture of the fox and hound Aww. somewhere in the house so i figured it was him saying hey yeah i'm glad you got back out here and did this because you you're having fun so um so i i think that you know they they're still hanging around and watching over us but i hope they're doing it from a good place and right. you know, not just hanging around because they feel like they have to so um that's my story of
0: daddy, so. <laughs> no, I think it's very sweet. And, you know, I always wondered why, because I'm one of those people, too, that I do love cemeteries. I, I love to walk in them. And you're right. Even if they're in a city, they're quiet and peaceful. Mm-hmm. And it even feels very different when you're in them. Do you have a theory or anything
1: on that, Susan, by any chance? But I'm sorry, what? Co- you kind of went out on me there. You said, do I have a theory on what?
0: How quiet and peaceful the places are, even if it's loud around it. It's like walking I, into a different place altogether.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just, and I think it's because, and I hate to say it like this, but I'm just going to be blunt. I think it's because they don't really have as many thoughts, mm-hmm, I guess. True, And they're not, hopefully some of them aren't there. And I think that you know they've gone on somewhere else, they're happy, they're peaceful, they don't need to project all these bad thoughts where well, you know out here in the world, people are rushed, they're stressed they're you know they got this going, they got that going they got mm-hmm. i mean their minds are just crowded with crap, so you get in the graveyard and it's you know it's peaceful, and it's nobody there pushing at you or asking you to do something and I think it's just a time you can go in just walk around relax and enjoy the peaceful nature of the place um I've always been like that so and I know because I was at the um some festival in Richmond and it had gotten really noisy and it was wall to wall people and I happened to look over and I saw St. John's Church down there and I tell, I remember telling my husband, I said, "Let's go over and check out the cemetery." And he said, "Why?" And I said, "Cause it's gonna be quiet. It's gonna be real quiet." Yeah. And so, sure enough, as soon as I walked in the gates, it was like, "Oh, it's so <laughs> nice." <laughs> so, it's. Um, I, I'm glad you understand what I meant because I tell that to some people, and they just like, "I don't understand." So I, I'm glad you understand what I mean by that because it's um, it's weird to some people, but for me, it's a very relaxing and uh, peaceful place to go. So
0: oh yeah, I agree. And a lot of my friends do that too. They love to go there because it is quiet and it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. Now do you think a lot of people hang out that have passed over in cemeteries?
1: I know I, I tell you what, I was in Bedford that, I don't, Virginia I don't one time. That. Well I tell you I like I was I was in Bedford, Virginia and this is where cemetery stuff started for me. Probably it was God, oh god, it was probably back in two thousand three, two thousand four, somewhere back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to uh this uh, seminar up in the mountains there in Bedford, and I came across I was walking out walk, walking one day, just seeing what was out in the town, and I came across a cemetery. Well, I you know, I can't resist a cemetery, so walked on in and just started taking pictures of stuff and I mean I must have gotten four, five, six, seven entities just hanging around their gravestone. And I just looked at the pictures going, that's really weird. I've never seen that. And, right. but, you know, you think about it, maybe that's where they like to hang out. They may have friends there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're in hospitals, which was a place you would think somebody would be. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. I've I've read things where once you die, your body has to stay with your or your spirit has to stay with the body until it's buried or something. I've read that. But, you know, who knows if it's true? Um, So I don't know how to answer that question, except for the fact that I think you can find a spirit anywhere, yeah. depending on what happened at the location. Now. They may be in the cemetery because, hey, they may have had a house in that area once before and maybe they were shot or something and they're still hanging around. It's not because of the cemetery. It's because they lived there at one point. So without knowing the history and the person themselves, you know, you just have no way of knowing. But I have found that most of them hang out. It's because of the location. It's not because of what is on the location. So, um. That's how I try to look at it and say, okay, well, let me research this. Maybe there was something that happened here before that, you know, they uh, tore down a house building, whatever, and put the cemetery here. So, and I know that a lot of Indian um, or Native American, as it were, um, graveyards, uh, and I don't remember where it was, but I know somebody had built, uh, I don't know if it was a shopping center or a, a some buildings across and I'm like you don't ever build on top of a graveyard. That is just no. Oh, no,
0: no, no. And,
1: and they were having a lot of trouble with things happening out of the ordinary. And I was like, well, I, I can figure out where that's coming from. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really fast. <laughs> you know, I, I always found interesting, too. Um, my, when my mom was alive, she um, we buried my brother in a very historical cemetery in Dayton, Ohio called Woodland and it has like uh-huh. a lot of historical people in there and it's an old cemetery and it's gorgeous like when you walk in it's it's a different world and um she called me one day afterwards she go I just she said I saw the weirdest thing I've ever seen and my mom's seen a lot of stuff in her lifetime mm-hmm. when it comes to this she goes I was driving and I went to get out to get some flowers and she goes there's a lady she walked past me dressed in victorian black clothing and sat next to a grave and she goes i turned around to pick up something and i went to look at her thinking why is this lady dressed like that because it was so solid to her and the lady faded oh so wow I always thought that was a really cool story. Now, my mom saw a lot of stuff. She was very sensitive towards that stuff. But um, I always thought that was a really interesting story. And she's like, I'm not even sure if it was an actual ghost or a spirit. She goes, I wonder if it just wasn't a picture from the past, something that happened. Oh,
1: reliving a memory. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She goes, it felt so real. She was so solid and just faded. And she goes, I was a little, little hesitant. She goes, I didn't want to go over and look at the tombstone or anything. <laughs> <laughs> she was very open, but she also liked her distance too. But I thought oh, that I'm was sure. a really, really cool story about a grave.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear it all the time. People walking, in there. They just disappeared. You know, I had a friend of mine woke up one. I can't remember who it was, but. She woke up one night and she's, it was a man sitting on the edge of her bed. Ooh. And uh, she said she sat straight up and he disappeared. I was uh, like, oh. I
0: don't think I would like I that. that. <laughs> we might have a long discussion. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, my poor brother, he um, called me one day and he was kind of like, I got to tell you something. I don't want to really tell you this. He was watching my mom and, and it was in a retirement home and he was sitting there. It was like assistant type living place. And he goes, I turned around. I was in the middle of the night and he goes, there was this little old man in his underwear standing there. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, the little old man in his underwear ran into the bathroom. When I went into the bathroom, there was nobody there. I was, oh. like, I was like, I'm so glad it was you this time and not me. <laughs> he's like, not funny. And he's a skeptic. Also, yeah, yeah. so he was shocked. Now he's a card reader. He's very good at that. But he is such a skeptic when it comes to things like that. And so I kind of sat back in my chair with a grin on my face. I said, Oh, at least it was you this time and not me.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's your turn.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Susan, what are some of your other favorite stories? That kind of stick oh, to God. you. Oh my! I know you have so many.
1: Oh, I do. Um, I well for the hotel book. I'm trying to. I was just looking through it to try to see if i come up. I mean, the good stories are the, are the big plantations, of course. Um, Dun Laura, which is on the oh, front of the yeah. book. I love um, that picture. Yeah, they had a lot of uh, different. Uh, I think they've got one, two, three, four entities Mm -hmm. um the biggest one is Celina who was uh owned uh her and George owned the house back in the early 1900s and she's still there today she apparently she helped the um owner Sheena is her name Mm -hmm. uh she helped her um redecorate in the way I think that Celina wanted to redecorate oh yeah Um, and
0: I love that story
1: because, well, Sheena told me, she goes, I'm not an interior decorator by any means. And she goes, she must have helped me because she said this house wouldn't look this good without her. Um, <laughs> th- there was that, uh, There was a little boy. Um, apparently, a little girl came with another member. They were doing a ghost hunt that night. And the little girl went upstairs for about a half hour and came back downstairs and had two handfuls of pennies. And Sheena asked her, so where'd you get those pennies? And she goes, from the little boy upstairs. Well, there was no little boy upstairs. And so Sheena told her. She says, "Can you show me?" And so they walked up there. And when they get when you get to the top of the stairs, there's this big chandelier right there, in the ceiling—you can't miss it. And so Sheena asked the little girl. She goes, "Where's the little boy at?" She said he climbed up that wall like a lizard, and then she's sitting right there on the la- the, the top of the chandelier right now. Oh. And it was just the weirdest thing. And she she thought, you know, she goes, "I thought about that for a while." She goes. I figured maybe that little boy, he liked lizards when he was alive. So that was a way of he manifested by crawling up the wall. Um, But apparently the little boy was sitting up on the light and he gave with two handfuls of pennies. So I thought that was kind of nice. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, they have uh, and there's another gentleman. I got to remember his name. I think it's Keith or something. Um, And he he apparently is a little slow. but very nice, and what had happened was there was a painter sitting outside the window painting the outside of the house, the bathroom up on the second floor, and said uh, the house was locked in the house. They knew it was nobody in the house, and he heard this whistling from inside the house, and he happened to look up, and he saw this man with a white shirt go by the doorway, hmm. still whistling, and— um I guess he said it was was, maybe about a half hour later, she told me. um, When she arrived and he came downstairs and told her, "So there's somebody in the house. And she goes, no, there's nobody in the house. I've got cameras. Mm -hmm. And so they went in, couldn't find anybody. And I think they did a ghost hunt about a month later. And this same gentleman came to her and told her, hey, that was me doing the whistling. And, you know, I I wish I could find the story in the book for you. It's very... um, very interesting let me see if i can locate it because it uh here it is um i just gotta see where he is but yeah he was picking at everybody he was um you know showing up in pictures and doing here it is right here um i think his name was david keith i can't remember um of course i can't find it now that i'm looking for it um hang on give me just a second you're fine all right, let me see. Oh, I can't find it. If you had asked me, I could have told you. Um, <laughs> but, um, anyway, this gentleman, I can't find his name, but very nice gentleman apparently, but they had talked to him several times and um, he says, I'm the one that's causing the trouble, whistling down the hall or poking people, or whatever he says, that's me. So at least they know who's causing the issue now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That was the big thing there. They also have a uh, coffee maker in the, the kitchen mm-hmm. that turns on by itself. And apparently it says, uh, it has something it says, which says ready to brew, which means it's ready to go. And then there's another thing that says something like waiting for heat up or whatever. And They have found, Sheena has found several times when she goes over there like in the morning to open the end up, you know, if nobody's staying there, Mm -hmm. that when she comes in the door, it will already say ready to brew. So that means it's been on for about 20 minutes already for it to get to that point and nobody in the house at all. Interesting. And I asked asked her, I said, you think it's a short or something? And she goes, no, we've we've changed the plug and we changed, you know – um." some of the wiring and some of the other stuff. So she goes, I know it's not that. And she said, it just turns on. And she says, we've had ghost hunters here before that have actually watched it turn on by itself. So um, Something likes really coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, she told me a story about her dad. She said it might be her dad because he always loved to get coffee Um just as he was getting to walk out the door. He'd always want to take a cup with him or stay and drink it, you know, stay a little bit longer and visit. And she says she thinks maybe that's his way of saying, hey, you need some more coffee in your life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree with him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love coffee. So, so, you know, the fun thing about your book is, you know, when you read a lot of ghost story type books, often they're just really scary, scary. And I like these because a lot of them are happy they don't mean harm. They're not going to hurt anybody. Like the whistling ghost or the ghost that's turning on the coffee maker. I love mm-hmm. those stories.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I You know, I've been doing this since 16, I guess. Seriously. Um, and I don't think i, I won't I never will. Um, but I've never actually run into a bad, bad Spirit. I had some push me down, try to push me down the stairs, as I was telling you about before. And I've had some poke me. I've got one in the exchange hotel in gorsville He pushes me around the room. But I've never, ever had one try to um be physically, well, well except for those, um, be physically mean. Um, I get a push. You know, it's like, okay, I've learned that that means don't bother me. So I kind of turn away. But I've had some people tell me, you know, there's there was was a house here in Goochland, in fact, that she said there's a black shadow in the back room. Well, that just piqued my interest. I said, let me see it. Mm -hmm. And so I went back there, didn't see anything, of course. No, keep it in mind, this is like a 95 degree day in the summer. And. I went back there and I started getting cold. My teeth started chattering and she said, what's wrong? And I said, apparently this is where it's at because this spot is really, really cold. And as soon as I stepped, you know, about a foot to the right, it was fine again. So I went back to that same spot and I'm like, what is here? So I started taking selfies to see if I'd get anything and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so my brother came back with me another day to take pictures around the house. And I, I let him back there and I said, look, I said, there's this this thing back here and I want to see how this manifest and i said i'm just gonna go over here and stand." i said just take pictures of me no matter what happens and so what happened i went over my teeth started chattering and I was, he started pushing me down to the floor i started getting pushed and he's of course my brother's looking at me like what are you doing and i said it's just the way it's manifesting just take pictures and so finally I started out of it and everything was fine again and he goes what just happened and i'm like it's just how it manifests it's cold and it's kind of pushing me down thinking you know put trying to push me away saying i don't want you here mm-hmm. and um i said let's see what we got on the pictures well we didn't get anything on the pictures i was really kind of surprised cuz i mean i was really um trying to um or i was really hoping to get something but we didn't but that's something that you should probably never try to do because you don't want to make them mad, and you don't want to, you know, tease them or anything else. Sure. I was hoping that he would show himself, but he did not. But I always go into these situations, and this is important for anybody that's listening. Um, make sure you have something, uh, totem or keepsake or whatever. I have a hammerhead shark, and I wear it to all of these. It's my um, grounding device. It's my totem, and I am protected, but people, some people just want to walk out there and just say, okay, come and get me. And I'm like, not a good thing to do. Oh No,
0: no, 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 no.
1: So you, you need to have that modicum of respect. You need to have, you know, some knowledge of what's going on in the specific places before you enter them. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it scares me that some people just jump into it and say, Hey, you know, this is the, this is not that the thing to do. Um, but I try to tell them beforehand and go, you know, hey, I'm gonna take some pictures or hey, I'm gonna come in here and stand and see what happens. And I try to give them a little bit of warning, you know, this is what I'm gonna do, and so they can, you know, react however they wanna react. I know in a place in Culpeper, um I believe it's in the Haunted Charlottesville book. Um, it's called Grassroots. And mm-hmm. the owner, whenever he went down to the basement, when he got about halfway down the stairs, he would introduce himself. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm here to get some more glasses for upstairs. And they let him on by. He says, now, if he didn't do that, they start throwing things out anymore, moving things, or doing, you know, all kinds of things. So when I went down. I did the same thing. I said, hey, I'm Susan. I'm just here to take some pictures. I'm not going to bother you no problem at all so interesting yeah I think it's a case you just kind of got to give them forewarning say hey I'm here I'm going to do this I'm not I don't want to bother you I just want to take some pictures and like I said I always tell them you know if you don't want to blur it out or just step out of the way it's it's perfectly fine and I try to approach it from you know um giving them the choice hey do you want to be in here you don't okay that's fine whatever you want to do And I I find that works better than saying, hey, get in the picture, because that's kind of antagonizing and you don't want to do that. So um, always keep a level of respect in your request and your warning so they don't think you're just trying to encroach on their territory. Because I, you know. I think some like to fight back if that's
0: the case. <laughs> well, and you can't blame them if they feel like oh, that's no, still their home at all. or still their place of residence exactly. and mm-hmm. it's a restaurant and people are working and going up and down their staircase and that's where they like to be. Yeah, I could see mm-hmm. out of respect saying, hey, it's me. I'm just coming down to get this. I won't bother you.
1: Thank you. I think that would, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, I that I firmly believe that. And that's why, that's how I try to do all of mine. I mean, I just like I said, I feel like you know, if it was me in their position, I would want the same thing. So I try to do what I think I would like, and seems to be working for me so far. So I'm gonna keep on. <laughs> oh, I don't blame
0: you. <laughs> it's well. So what is new coming up with you, Susan?
1: Um, I'm working on a book. Uh, right now, about oops, sorry, hit the phone. Um, I'm working on a book right now about Richmond. Um, some oddities in Richmond. They've mm-hmm. a lot of different neat things down there. So, um, you know, like for uh, just to give you a little taste of it. Uh, for instance, we have a Statue of Liberty in Richmond that I never even knew about until um my brother hmm. again took me down there and showed it to me and i was like oh this is wild and then i started noticing other weird things in richmond i thought this would be a neat thing to write about because you know some things you're like what is that doing there like for instance uh down in downtown richmond they have um cannons not bullet cannons but like the 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 long piece that you blow the the, the ball out of mm-hmm. um they have those sticking up out of the corner streets in downtown Richmond. And I was like, wonder what that's about. So, you know, it's just weird things like that that um I found about hundred and fifty. So wow. uh yeah, I'm gonna have to cut it down a little bit, maybe make it two volumes, but um I found a lot of neat things and I just I like odd things, I like weird things. So yeah. Um this is right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> um And then after that one um i'm looking at maybe uh doing something on the eastern shore um i think we talked about it before um the lady at sundial books in fact it told me that they don't have anything you know pertaining to the eastern shore and i was like well I, i can help you with that so um i'm hoping maybe after this Richmond book is done i can go over there and start pursuing that one yeah it will be fun oh yeah they have i mean i saw one two three probably four or five places i went to when i was over there last year um very interesting place ponies are so pretty um Mm -hmm. But uh, and i would never been. So it was really a good experience for me. And my sister was nice enough to take me. Uh, they went on a family trip and I went with them and it was just a very nice experience. It was cold as anything, but we had a good time looking, you know, going to the beach and seeing the sure. horses and everything. But um, yeah, I had gone by like I was, Tell you, I think I've told you once before as well. Um, I'd gone by to get a book about haunted places on the Eastern Shore because I like to get books to places I've been. In fact, I, I mean, I've been all over the place and I've got a book like from Dublin, Ireland. I've got a book from Paris. Um, so I like to, you know, see the places that, you know, maybe make plans to go visit a few while I'm there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just something for me. And then to find out they don't have anything, I was like, well, we gonna fix that
0: (laughs) you're like well you will in a couple years (laughs) or before that yeah
1: so um that's that's kind of what's in the works right now I've got two novels I'm trying to finish and they're coming along slowly and um one's a medical thriller one is a paranormal romance and um I'm just working on a short story for about a shark with a gold tooth oh my goodness you're busy yeah I just just stuff pops in my head and it's like, hey, I can make a story out of that. Um but you know, I I try to stay with that. I'm trying to do nano remo. I don't know if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um National Novel Writing Month. And I've gotten up to fifteen thousand words on that thing so far. So I'm quite happy about that because it was only at eight thousand. So I've gotten a little bit done. Um but uh that's it right now. That's
0: about all I got going on. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, I don't think I no. could keep up with you right now, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, wow, girl. Uh-huh. Uh, as always, Susan, it's such a pleasure talking with you. I love talking with you as a matter of fact. So let's keep in touch. And when those books come out, you're coming back on, right? Oh, sounds good. I would love to. Wonderful. And how do people get a hold of you and where do they get your books?
1: Um, you can go to my website, which is www.susanschwartzauthor.com, and that is spelled S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Um, it has a listing of my events, my books, everything. So, and there's a place where you can contact me too. If you have questions, just send me a notice through there, and um I will usually I usually answer within a day or two. So um and I, I love fan, I love fan mail, so please send it on. And uh if you have any questions, uh or anything else I'd be happy to uh tell you anything I know so
0: wonderful Susan you have a wonderful holiday season I appreciate you coming oh, thank- back on
1: oh thank you thank you and I hope you feel better and you have a wonderful turkey day too thank you bye-bye, bye-bye.